wish you could hear God's voice? Are you struggling to find stillness in the busyness of mom life? Is being present daily and sometimes moment by moment a battle for you? Welcome home, sister. This is Unabridged Faith. Aloha, my name is Paige Amber Bacani. I am a lover of Jesus, wife, mama, and mentor. After living by my own strength for years, I finally gave up and took a chance on Him. The simplest way to describe what the Lord has done in my life is that I was one way, and now I am completely different. I want that for you. My mission is to journey alongside you as we openly grow in our faith by being present with God's Word, practicing prayer, pursuing fellowship, and sharing powerful testimonies. If you want to learn how to invite God's peace into your heart, motherhood, and mind, I know this podcast will speak to you. Slip on your shoes, strap on your little ones, and let's go for a walk. We have a date with the Lord. All my love, your sister, Paige. Aloha and good morning, sister friends. Happy early Valentine's Day. I know we have sisters listening from all around the world. Praise God. So if you are not from America and you are interested in how we celebrate this day that might be foreign to you, as a child, I remember, say you had 15 kids in your class, you would get 15 little cards and you would write each person's name in there and maybe a little note to them and you would put a piece of candy inside as well as you would decorate your own Valentine's box. Then you would bring all of that to school and on Valentine's Day, you would go around to each person's box and put in your card and your piece of candy. So by the end of the day, hypothetically, you would have 15 cards and 15 pieces of candy from your classmates. So as a kid, that was awesome. You got to take a whole box of candy home and your parents probably wouldn't let you eat it all at once, but it was a really neat day. And as you get older, a lot of times it revolves around chocolates and roses, maybe a stuffed animal. A lot of people use it as a special day to go out to eat and to treat one another with a special piece of jewelry. Although these are all very beautiful things, what I didn't even realize is that Valentine's Day actually started because there was an emperor in the third century who executed two men that were both named Valentine on February 14th. So their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. Obviously, we have gotten decently far away from celebrating it as a day of martyrdom, or in other words, for dying for your faith. However, we have kept the beauty of the day and that it is about love. Because what more loving thing could you do than to die for your faith? and hold strong to your belief in Christ, even though you know it's going to cost you your life. This is a level of sacrifice, and in other words, a level of love that many of us will never live out. However, by the grace of God, we have brothers and sisters all across the world that are living in this type of love and this type of sacrifice every single day. That just by believing in Jesus Christ and professing him as their Lord and Savior, they risk death. And if any of you are listening to this right now, it is an honor to encourage you, to pray for you, and to be a part of the same body as you. 
saying all of this, it brings us to the question of what is love? Because you went from talking about death to sacrifice to love, and you're kind of using them interchangeably. And the answer is yes. <laughs> A quick story is I changed my major to philosophy in college towards the end of my time there. And in one of my classes, the main question was, what is love? And this question holds so much meaning for me because I didn't know. And it really bothered me. We wrote papers over this question. We discussed this question. We read about this question and we never got an answer. Our professor never told us what is love. He always left us on a cliffhanger. And this is before I had the blessing and the honor of digging into God's word and submersing myself in it every single morning. So I left that semester frustrated, still without an answer of what is love. I don't remember when I came across it, but at some point, praise God, God answered me. He answered my question to what is love. And I'm going to share that answer with you guys today. And I pray that it changes your perspective entirely of what you thought love was. We are going to focus in on 1 Corinthians 13. The verse that I'm highlighting starts at verse 4, but I'm actually going to begin at verse 1 just to give you guys some context of how important love truly is. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So what a gift to be able to speak in tongues of angels. But if there's no love, that doesn't even matter. Verse 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. That is so against our thinking. If you had faith that could move mountains, People would almost worship and glorify you instead of God. That is absolutely incredible. But the Bible tells us that if you can do that and you do not have love, you are nothing. Verse 3 says, If I give all possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. This is talking about what we started talking about, the martyrs. Even if you die for your faith, but you do not have love, you gain nothing? How, how can that be true? It is. Verse 4 tells us, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. How beautiful is that, you guys? I'm going to keep reading in a moment. But one thing that I have also heard about that is to further understand the character of God, because we know God is is love. You can put God's name in here. Now I'm going to read it again. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. 
God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Another way I've heard that done is to reflect on our own selves and to really question if the way that we're treating others is genuinely out of love or if it's something else. So something that I like to practice from time to time is putting my name in there and seeing if Holy Spirit shows me an area in the verse that's not true. So I'm going to practice it for myself, and I would love for you guys to go along with me and put your name in. For example, Paige is patient. Paige is kind. Paige does not envy. Paige does not boast. Paige is not proud. Paige does not dishonor others. Paige is not self-seeking. Paige is not easily angered. Paige keeps no record of wrongs. Paige does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Paige always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. You guys, how impactful is that to hear your own name through that verse? Of course, that's what we want to be. However, we are humans and we fall short, which is why we continue coming to God because Everything that I just read is true about him. The one thing that I do want to clarify when I read through it and said, God does not envy. I don't know the correct theology behind this, but I do want to make sure that you know as a listener that God is a jealous God. So I don't know necessarily the difference between envy and jealousy, but we are not to serve any other God above our God because he is a jealous God and he does want to be first because he created us and he knows that he is what's best for us, which is so beautiful because even in that, he's still not seeking himself. He's seeking what's best for us and he knows that it's him. Therefore, he is jealous for us because he loves us and he wants us. And this is a perfect example of the type of love that God has for us In the Greek, it's known as agape. And my Bible says that it indicates a choice to serve God, to love a neighbor, and to accept yourself without expecting something in return. So in other words, agape love is entirely sacrificial and it does not expect anything in return, which sounds a lot like the verse that we just read through. In the comment section of my Bible, it says, Christian love is based on the deliberate choice of the lover rather than the worthiness of the one loved. And what this means is as a Christian, as a believer, we choose to believe in God's love for us, like we talked about last week, that we love because he first loved us. And we choose to focus on that way more entirely more, uncomparably more than we ever focus on ourself. And if we've been good enough to be loved, or if we're worthy to be loved, or if we're pretty enough to be loved, or if we speak eloquently enough to be loved, none of that is the focus. We are never to be the focus. 
The focus is always the deliberate choice that has already been made and that will never be revoked of the lover, or in other words, of God, of Jesus, of our creator, rather than the worthiness of the one loved, or in other words, us. I just want to say it one more time because this is something that God is teaching me so deeply that love is based on him. The choice that he made before the foundations of the world were laid, he chose us in love before we could do anything, before we could say anything, before we could become anything. He chose us and that's what we focus on, his choice of loving us not ourselves, not if we've done anything or everything to deserve that, but on him in his deliberate first choice. One more time before I continue on, I want to read through love is in a slightly different version. It says, love is long suffering. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love is not selfish. Love is not resentful. Love does not think evil and rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things and love endures all things. Continuing on in verse eight, it says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Can you guys even begin to imagine what that feels like to be fully known? I hope that you can, because right now as believers, we are fully known. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven to begin our relationship with Christ. It has already begun. The day we accepted him as our Lord and Savior, our eternity with him begun. I am fully known by him. You are fully known by him. Rather we choose to believe it or not, that is truth. Verse 13, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So if God in his word talks about all of these things being stripped away to three, faith, hope, and love, how important are those? How important are faith and hope? But even more than faith and hope is love. This verse is so impactful. If this is the only verse we could ever read, we'd be missing out on a lot, but we would have a very clear picture of what we are called to do. We are called to have faith. 
We are called to have hope, but immeasurably more than both of those things, we are called to love. And I'm not going to read it again, but I read it about four times, I believe. So please go back and listen if you just asked yourself after I said that, but how do I love? But what is love? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Because this verse tells us exactly. And there are so many more verses in the Bible that go into God is love and what his love is, but this one just displays it all in such a simplicity that I haven't found elsewhere. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this. I hope that this has sparked some new things in your heart of what love is and that it has encouraged you, but also had some correction in you as to areas that maybe you thought it was love and it shone some light on it to show you that maybe it's not quite sincere love yet. I also really hope that you ask yourself the question when you read through and put your name in there, what areas are untrue of me? And just to share for you guys the areas of myself, obviously there are more than one, but two that stuck out immediately is love keeps no record of wrongs. That is an area that God is still refining me, especially in my marriage, because he has the most access to my heart. And therefore, that is where my husband can hurt me the most and vice versa. And the second thing that really stuck out to me was always trusts. I always want to trust. I want to trust God. I want to trust my husband. I want to trust my friends. But I'm human and I have a lot of growth in that area. So I encourage you to read through that with your name, to listen to this over and over again, and ask Holy Spirit, what areas would you like to work on and transform in me for your glory and your worship so that my love can display your love for not only me, but for the entire world. I love you guys so much. I really hope that this serves you because, wow, even just speaking it out to you guys has lit my heart on fire in a whole new way. And I know this is going to be a great week. So I ask that, yes, Valentine's Day is beautiful and wonderful and such a special day, but let this bring so much more meaning than just the roses and the chocolates. Bless this to bring sacrifice. Bless this to bring agape, loving just to love, expecting nothing in return. What would it look like if we lived every day like that? I love you guys. I hope that you have an incredible Valentine's Day and a wonderful week, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Aloha, sweet sister. I am eager to connect and hear how the Lord spoke to you through today's episode, or maybe even throughout the week, because I trust that He did. I wanna ask you to pause and help me with a quick favor. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, please take a moment and share how through leaving a heartfelt review on Apple Podcast. This helps other women like us find unabridged faith. Your kind words fill my heart with so much joy and I have hope that your review also encourages others. If you are ready to go all in with your faith, please email me at unabridgedfaith at gmail.com so we can stay in touch. And come join our community of faith-filled women at facebook.com slash unabridgedfaith. 
I trust that the Lord will continue to use this podcast to draw us near to His heart. And I pray for a week full of intention and connection as we grow in unabridged faith. In Jesus' name, amen.